My name is Dwayne Default, and welcome to Selling SaaS, a daily podcast that's built to get you quick hits of the best advice from the top experts for go-to-market strategies, sales, and product-led growth. The goal of this podcast is to help you learn more, get better, and execute in 10 minutes or less. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, that's what happens when you flood any kind of market with that, I would say, you know, you can call it positivity or money or whatever you want. It's that, that this is what happens when you, when you put too much too soon and then there's not enough, there's not a, a long enough period of time to make the adjustment to where you can understand how to utilize all those resources. And I, the reason why I say that I was a financial advisor 10 years ago for a, sh- a short stint. And it's just interesting to see like when they cut interest rates, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is going to be ridiculous. So I wonder how long it's going to be that way. And it was like that way for a while. I'm like, Holy crap. And then, uh, cause it was in like 07 and 08 interest rates were like nine to 10%. And like, people are like, burning the ships and they're burning their houses or whatever because it's like oh my god 75 basis points it's like four percent i'm like oh no it's like no it's still great like i would i would still go get a loan at four percent because i'm so used to the other stuff but it's it was it's just interesting to look back over you know how many companies had that same story where they had very limited revenue during 2020 and in 21 with all all of a sudden it felt like the banks were just open and they were just flooding the market with money we had so many startups come out of it but then all of a sudden in 22, they're like, oh no, we're actually not making any money. Something's wrong. And then lay all these people off. Like, where do you, being on your end of things, I think it's interesting because you see skill acquisition. You see that part of it. Like from my opinion, I feel like there was a rush to get people into a go-to-market role with a product that really didn't have product market fit with reps that didn't really know how to sell and then all of a sudden, the combination of that, it's just like, oh, crap, everything just kind of fell off the edge really quickly. But what, from your perspective, like, where did you see the biggest gap in skill acquisition and learning in the last 18 months? Yeah. So, I mean, we play in both skill acquisition and talent acquisition side. And so that, that helps to kind of see a 360 view of this whole thing. And a lot of what happened was... At certain companies, they were rushing so quickly, and and we've seen this a bunch of times in other cycles where they just rush to add bodies, you know, butts and seats, right? And so when you do that and you do the thing that some companies do where they say like, hey, we're going to hire 30 a month, like you do that kind of stuff, never ends well, right? And all they're doing is playing probability that like, hey, X percent are going to make it, the rest wash out, and that's fine. That's just part of our process, and so there's a lot of inefficiency in that. While the whole product market fit thing is true, yeah, there is some of that, but the biggest gap beyond the fact that companies are in such a rush for the growth that they're not slowing down to really lean into their people and make sure they're the best they can be, that's something that I think is a big issue, um, has been for a long time. But the bigger thing now is that with the change in interest rates and these other things, the value of these companies is changing overnight. What do you mean by value, though? Well, so uh, in terms of the valuation, like what the companies were. Okay. Right. So, and a lot of people don't understand the stuff. I did not until this cycle of how much there's a correlation between interest rates and the value of uh, future recurring revenues. Yeah, the multiple changes. <laughs> yes, multiple changes. And so... Because the value is so vastly different and it got overheated, 
now companies are in a position where they're not going to want to raise more capital. Their investors won't want them to raise more, or they may not be able to raise more. And so effectively, those that are funded by anybody other than themselves, the rules of the game have changed overnight. And think about building something for years by a set of rules. And it's not just because you decided those are the rules. Like These are the rules that are told to you if you're ever going to raise VC funding or do any of that kind of stuff or go public. Um, these are the rules and here's how you play by them and the growth rate is paramount. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, actually, no, it needs to be different. Um, making those transitions is brutally difficult for companies and a lot of them are just going to die or do acquisitions that are you know, really good for anyone because they don't have a choice. And so these are pretty crazy times. Yeah, it's. I, only, I can only say the word interesting because there's no consistency. I've talked to so many founders over the last six, nine months, and it's just a different conversation every time. They, you know, they were valued this at this time. They got funding, but now valuation's different. They have to tighten up. Board's not going to approve this thing. It's, it's just all. And then you have bootstrap companies that are like, there's something wrong with the market. It's crazy. Like I work with a couple of companies that are bootstrap. I, I have a soft spot for bootstrap companies, but it's like they're. Not even it seems like they're not even affected. Like it's crazy. Their customer customer acquisition is still the same. Their, their marketing. I mean, marketing costs have gone up a little bit, but but then you go to like a VC back company. You know, maybe someone that got a Series B earlier this year, and it's like uh, the roof is on fire. It's crazy. Yeah, because it might take them like four years to get back to their valuation. Yeah. Oh, it's and even like if you if you use what's happened in the last eighteen months as a way to plan going forward, which I hope other founders are, you, you can't expect to get back to where you were at the beginning of 22 anytime soon. The only way you can is kind of, kind of what you guys did, which is interesting. You, even though you're not like a, you know, traditional tech or SaaS company, you serve the tech industry. You, it sounded like you took time to really understand the value you're bringing, understand the type of customer you're really talking to, who you're attracting to aspireship. I feel like more companies need to do that not even during the time of you know economic winter but just in general like the more you can double down on what resonates and what works rather than going you know the the why just go deep i feel like we'd run into these issues less because we'd have a better understanding of what exactly we're doing rather than just trying to chase you know double triple double triple whatever the board wants you to do inside of 18 months it's really unfortunate rather than interesting because that still seems to be some of the demands that are being made from some boards. But hey, you know, it's neither here or there. It's uh, you kind of kind of let that authority go as a founder or a CEO when you accept that money. <laughs> so it just depends on the direction you want to go. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Selling SaaS Podcast. And if you got value from today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget, we'll be here for you tomorrow so you can learn, grow, and execute in 10 minutes or less.